is Thursday, it's summer, and it's time for Plastic ClimateFuture.com. Oh, wow. I mean, we're getting down into the jazz, you know, we're getting into the jazz. Yeah, I think it's the summer, yeah. it's the summer feeling. So summer period, you know, where I am in Belgium, we have just a few kilometers from where I'm at, there's a big rock and roll festival called Rock Winter. Oh. Oh, we have all, so. it's a big, huge thing, so I'm not there, I'm too old, I'm here. Uh, yeah, but uh, we also we also have a good counter program, I think, tonight. Because, yes, uh, yes, indeed. We're t- calling in from Biarritz, from France. Oh, close. Yeah. Anglet France this time. Ah, yeah, it's Anglet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, wow. But I think uh, m- not many people except the surfers might know. Oh, well, Anglet is quite famous, right? Still also. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> Many people I talk to really don't uh, don't know where it is. I mean, it's quite small, um, but uh, it's in the southwest of France, uh, like thirty minutes to the border of Spain. It's a uh, it's a beautiful place at the Atlantic coast. Yeah. So, so our guest took over the introduction. It's perfect. Who is this guy? <laughs> who is this guy? Man? So who is this guy? Now, now we have a nice we have a nice surprise uh, question. Who is this guy from England? Um, and I'll, I'll just open up the discussion because I think uh, uh, we have a lot of cool topics to talk about today. And um, let's say a big uh, welcome uh, or let's give a big welcome to Daniel. Daniel from the company Polyola and uh, now sitting in Anglet in France. Thank you so much. Thanks for the invitation and uh, thank you for having me. I'm stoked to be here a bit before before we turn on the, the, the recording um we're very much always interested in the background of the people uh and their story how they they came to what they're doing now so before we actually dive into the innovations of poliola and uh what i'm happy to talk about also how this connects to surfing um Let's hear a bit about you, Daniel. And uh, how did you get? Yeah, here? exactly. Who are you, and where are you coming from? Uh, we know that you are now in Anglet in France. Uh, and uh, yeah, how did you come to found Poliola? Uh, well, the story is um, not a very very straight one. Um, I grew up in Munich, we Germany. Love it. these are the best stories (laughs) i grew up in munich germany where i lived for the first 20 years of my life um when i decided to go study um abroad in austria where i actually come from or my whole family comes from um and um since i always wanted to create something on my own uh, i decided that business is probably going to help me the most uh to be able to create something um by myself in the future um not necessarily connected with uh, the environment not necessarily targeted towards anything at the time um so during my my studies in vienna i moved into um like a shared house housing and um this is uh, where i met uh, aristide my my current co-founder and um well he studied architecture at the time and um now you might wonder why <laughs> we chemistry stuff now uh, but i'll get to that later um so for 
for a while we lived together in a, in an apartment um and uh he did his uh, architecture studies and i did my my business studies and um one day i think the reason being uh he ran out of friends that wanted to go on surf trips with him uh -huh. um <laughs> he, <laughs> he invited me to come and uh i've never surfed before to be honest so i was i don't know 25 at the time or something like this um and uh he took me to portugal and he introduced me to surfing and um we well i had a blast um so i kind of kind of got hooked on it um and this led us a little bit towards um checking what what we're using and more uh, like questioning what uh, what is behind uh, the surfboards how are they made um what are the materials that are being used um because i mean we had a lot of time to talk and um this uh, got us interested and um the sad thing about this story is we found out that what we were writing was completely against everything we stood for so and we said okay um <clears throat> this didn't happen happen during the first trip but during uh follow-up trips because he kind of got me addicted to the sport so we kept on going and going and going um and um yeah so we decided uh him finishing his master's degree in architecture me finishing my master's in in business uh we decided that we're young enough uh we're naive enough um <laughs> that we're gonna try to tackle this thing by ourselves not knowing anything about chemistry not knowing uh -huh. anything about um, materiality besides uh -huh. well Aristide yes because uh it was part of his studies and uh, part of the works he did mm -hmm. um yeah so we set out uh, to develop something on our own that in our mind was missing and uh, the missing part was basically something that is respecting um the craft of the sport meaning being performant but also at the same time not uh, having um, like a negative impact or the least negative impact on the environment possible um so we started to look for um chemistry books in the end so I was writing my master's thesis, he was writing his. And uh, when we were tired of uh, reading and writing, uh, we opened up the next book, uh, Self-Studying Chemistry, oh. <laughs> in order to be able to have a conversation with the people we wanted to talk to, because we didn't want to look like idiots, to be honest. Oh, wow. Oh, wow, um, man. Man, unbelievable. This is great. Sorry, go on, go on. <laughs> so, yeah, that was quite stressful at the time. Um, kind of took away a little bit of time of my relationship at the time, but um, for a good reason in the end, I think. Um, so yeah, uh, we started to meet more and more people who are interested in the subject. And I think this is also where like the, the spirit of Poliola comes from. We're not only like these few people that try to change something, but we have many, many people in our network. And I think together we are just smarter and stronger in the end. So you can basically see us as like a connector of industries, a connector of of knowledge. Um, so we're trying to do something good or improve on something uh, by by listening to other people as well, not only following our own uh, our own path in the end. So yeah, this is um, basically the birth story of Poliola. So now, yeah, but now we have to say, what is Poliola actually doing? 
right <laughs> so but it's it's super interesting like especially because we've we've had also one story from a business student from from Sangal uh who who developed a algae based plastic Jessica Farda and she's now like you can follow her she's now like really scaling this up um and and she was just led by this passion and by you know uh collaborating with other people and trying to get uh, people into like hooked on the same topic basically so um great story and 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 i think uh we already know that it's going to be something with chemistry and something <laughs> with uh which can be used for surface but now tell us what is polyola doing well, the definition of polyola changed a little bit over the years. Uh, we've been working on this project for around about six years now. Um, so in the beginning, it was more focused on just we need to reduce the impact of surfing, um, no matter how, in the, in the end. Um, then we saw that the materials are one of the biggest factors, of course, in, in, in production and the waste that is being accumulated. So... Um, the polyola that you can Google now and you can see on the internet now is basically um, a developer of, of materials, of sustainable materials, um, meaning um, recycled polyurethane that can be fully recycled, uh, recycled polyurethane that is fully recyclable. Um, and also we have a second product in the making, which is um, a biopolyester resin for the application of surfboards right now, but in the future also for, for other things. So we are a developer of sustainable materials in the end. Mm -hmm. And then like the, for those who don't know how, how surfboards are made, so the polyurethane is the foam mainly used for the foam, right? and uh and the uh, resin is is used for the glassing so like the fibers and uh the resin on top that's why you yeah the outer shell that is basically protecting the foam from the imp the impact as well as from salt water and the uv oh. and um what is like so so what's the technology behind or how much can you tell us about the technology behind the polyurethane and and also the bio-based polyester resin what makes it special mm -hmm. Um, well, both are um, cooperative projects where we um, work with a, a bunch of partners. Um, and well, the polyurethane is um, is quite special because I think um, in the market right now, globally, we have the highest recycling content already uh, inside the material. So uh, in the last uh, step of development right now, we're reaching about 70% uh, recycling content in our polyurethane. Um, which is being based on recycled polyurethane, uh, meaning 70% um, less dependency on uh, virgin uh, crude oil materials. Um, and uh, the advantage of, uh, um, of the material at the end of its life is um, that through a chemical process, we can basically um, take a solid and make it into a liquid, in, uh, liquid again and uh, recreate a solid uh, after again. So we have basically a circular system that we um, that we can use and for what, this material. And what are other applications for it then afterwards when you, when you, you know, uh, after the use as a surfboard, can you put it back into a surfboard or does it go somewhere else into other applications? Uh, well, for now, um, we are focused on um, the surfboard industry, meaning we are, um, 
taking back all the waste that is being accumulated during production of these raw they look like surfboards they're called blanks they're being shaped and finished by manufacturers um, so we're collecting all the waste from our own production as well as um, the offcuts from uh, our clients as well as we can of course we're always um uh, counting on the cooperation of our of our clients to to get back as much as much material as possible um and uh, this is being collected to be uh liquefied again to be used as surfboard blanks again in this in this stage of the company um but we are already working on uh, a bunch of new projects um which are a little bit too early to talk about um but uh, it looks like that this potential of this material will be used for other uh, way bigger industries where we can have a really big impact, um, which is the absolute goal that we always had. So only supplying the support industry, um, which is a niche industry, um, doesn't give us the impact that we really want to have. When you mentioned that you, you, uh, on the, the re recycling of like the scraps, for example, you bring does polyola bring that in and and you mentioned liquid uh liquefying it and then using it again where, where do you pick up on that kind of chain of activities yeah um well the process is provided by uh by our partner um so we are responsible of uh collecting as much material as possible getting back as much as possible and in the development of new projects um basically guaranteeing that the circular system is as circular as it possibly can be um, so this is our task and uh and the polyester resin <laughs> Like so, that's that's because I'm quite familiar with bio-based uh, resin or like thermoset bio-based resins. So basically, um, I mean, it's reducing the impact by using a renewable resource instead of uh, fossil fuels. That's like the most common sustainable thermoset technologies. Is that something that goes in the same direction? So you basically found a uh, renewable ingredients to make the polyester well um i mean we're by far not the only ones that are doing that but um the the other uh, companies out there um, they're mainly focusing on uh, epoxy resins and i think there's a lot of research and great research going on when it comes to epoxy resins um but for example in our Current markets, um, most of the resins being used are uh, polyester resins, and there was no solution for polyester resins basing them on um, on bio content in this case. So we said, okay, there is uh, there is a gap in the market, and um, we found uh, very uh, knowledgeable people who uh, um, are working together with us now, um, who. Well, we're up to the task to basically um, help us to develop this product for um, the surfboard industry, meaning we have now in the second prototyping phase um, or third prototyping phase, actually, uh, because we were not uh, completely satisfied with the results of first and second round, um, a biopolyester resin based on 71% uh, plant content. Um, I'll be more accurate in the future of the exact uh, ingredients, um, but this yeah. is not. Uh, that's not yeah, only me yeah. who's, uh, who's, uh, who's deciding which is going, what is going to be communicated. Um, and um, we are also working on a version 
um, that is dramatically uh, decreasing the the amount of VOCs emitted mm -hmm. by by a resin, which is very bad actually in in in, in uh, polyester resins. Um, and we're replacing mm -hmm. the highly VOC emitted uh, liquefying agent by uh, with uh, something else, uh, which improves the environment of the people who are working with these resins uh, day by day. And uh, of course, I mean VOCs are uh, quite harmful yeah, for the yeah. environment as well. And where do you see them? Uh, because you you just mentioned the the polyurethane foams. That's something that you you know you entered with uh, the surfboard industry. What do you see potentials also for other industries? Is this the same also for the polyester resins that you also already look beyond the horizon uh, of the surfboard applications? Yes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, we uh, are a are considered a startup right now, but uh, we are in the midst of our uh, of our scaling phase, um, meaning that we're trying to conquer, of course, other industries and um, trying to replace petroleum based uh, um, resins um, also. Um, so there's. I mean, for for uh, for in the bulk building industry, there's a lot of use for uh, for polyester resins, um, but also for in the composite industry, um, there are certain applications that are uh, relying heavily on on uh, polyester resins. And uh, since we managed to get um, well um, the characteristics of of the resin uh, as close uh, as possible to uh, its uh, petrochemical uh, counterparts. Um, I think there is a great chance that uh, other industries are going to switch as well. A curiosity thing that I would have, Daniel, would be, indeed, uh, uh, do you have, uh, as, as ambition, um, I would think the answer would be obviously yes, but, but, but still asking the question, do you have the ambition to um, uh, bring this to a, a scale, um, to... to uh, to to the large you know mass mass applications where if you could bring this to scale could actually obviously be, be good business for you but also uh, by the sounds of it would be you know uh, consistent with uh, you know increasing uh, circularity and and you know all all the things that that we all all the stakeholders seem to agree with sorry uh, long question you're you're absolutely right i mean it would be it would be a waste of uh of of uh what we what we have at our hands uh, if we only use it for one industry um so we basically um decided a while ago that the positioning of poliola um or or the business model of poliola is going to change a lot in the future um we want to be a um a provider of sustainable solutions, but for all industries, meaning um, that we want to develop custom products for uh, our clients that are being used as replacements for petrochemical products. Um, so in the future, Poliola will be more a research center um, that is developing formulations in uh, polyester as well as in polyurethane for, for the beginning, but we are already adopting um, new ideas for for new products that we can add to this palette. Um, so we want to be a provider of um, of sustainable change for for uh, all kinds of industries for sure. Yeah, that makes absolute sense because I mean this is also one of the reasons why we said um, in the beginning we are not going to be if we go back to the surfboard industry. 
um, we said, okay, yeah, of course we can use this material for ourselves uh, and uh, produce surfboards with it. And then we produce, I don't know, let's say 100, 200 surfboards a year. If you're successful, maybe 500 or 1,000, um, which for Europe is already a big number, to be honest. Um, but our impacts with this with the system will be, well, not very big. Um, so in order to follow our vision and to follow what we what we stand for, we said, okay, we need to make it available for everyone. And therefore, the step of providing it for, for other applications is just a logical step in our mind. And where, where do you get the, the strongest feedback from at the moment? Like which type of industries are mostly interested beyond the surfboard industry? Um, I, I can only say the rough industry, but, uh, fashion is, um, fashion is, I think, uh, one of the biggest, um, supporters of us right now, um, since they have, I mean, the quantities, uh, on the one hand and, uh, um, are obviously missing, um, some, some products or, or materials that can provide the quality, provide the performance, but at the same time, lower um, the impact of uh, of the materials. So I think this is this is a quite quite good step for us to um, to approach uh, companies that are super willing to change. And um, coming back to your personal story, because I, I still find it fascinating. Um, so you started, uh, you know, teaching yourself chemistry from a book, which yeah. is pretty amazing <laughs> yeah that was entertainment that was can you believe i, I wanted to comment like wow that's what you did for entertainment uh, matt we've that's met a, we've met an even bigger nerd than we are that's so cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah but then obviously i mean now you set up uh, that's that's the question uh now you set up a big network of partners of companies and so on so is it all happening in france now or you like do you through your a big network also maybe to Germany, Austria, and so on. You just started to to identify, well, these these are the right partners and now you build a value chain across Europe or is it focusing around, you know, France or even maybe south of France at the moment? No, it's, it's, a, it's a completely uh, Europe-based project. Um, even though uh, uh well thank you for your uh, for your nice comment um even though um uh, we do possess uh, a certain amount of of knowledge about about chemistry now um i do not have the answers to all of the questions um so i do rely heavily on the people that work with us to answer these questions as well so we have uh, teams specialized in chemistry uh, be it uh, polyurethane or be it uh, polyester um, that are at our side and that are helping us uh, in a in a big big way um, to 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 move and along with this. Research institutes or is it uh, people just like you who just said like yeah we wanna we wanna do some change or is it also corporates um, because of when you talk about scalability I think that's that's a big topic too. Uh, or the big, uh, big challenge is to find the right partners who have the infrastructure to also, you know, test scalability on an industrial infrastructure, right? Absolutely. Um, it's a it's a mix. 
Um, when it comes to supply chain, of course, we have industrial partners. Otherwise, I couldn't approach anyone uh, in the fashion industry because this would be quite laughable. Um, and I could not follow up on the projects, which would be uh, not the best case. Um, so, of course, we have industry partners when it comes to our supply chains. Uh, when it comes to uh, um, development as well as testing of the materials, uh, we work with um, industry partners as well as research institutes. Um, we have also locally here in France a very great network through our supporters, uh, meaning uh, the region here, uh, but also this uh, the country of France, uh, which are supporting us heavily in, in terms of um, research and, and testing. Yeah, this was the the, the the next question. So, like, uh, do you get a lot of uh, public funding, and uh, is there programs also maybe on the EU level that support these kind of initiatives? Because uh, I can't imagine now with the Green Deal and uh, Circular Economy Action Plan, especially also driving the bioeconomy uh, efforts in in Europe. There might uh, there might be a lot of programs that fit also your your topic right mm -hmm. absolutely absolutely this is also one of the reasons why we chose uh the southwest of france because um the the program programs for public funding here are quite generous uh, on the one hand um and their focus is is very very aligned with our focus so circularity and reducing impact um these are two topics that um that are way up on the list of uh, of the region and of uh, the french state um so yes we receive uh, uh public funding um mostly for our uh, research and development uh, matters when it comes to uh scaling the production and uh uh, approaching new industries um this is being uh being funded through um uh, investors in the end how would you uh i i mean you may have heard these this this uh way of of, of kind of measuring where uh a technology is is on its way to commercialization mm -hmm. uh this you know tr yes. trl technical readiness level where, where if if you're if you're familiar with that and if you've, you've applied that where where would you place uh where you are now on that like on a scale i think it's like one is the very beginning and nine is commercial uh well when it comes to the polyurethane we're at nine uh polyurethane rigid foams uh have been commercialized by us in uh, uh march of 2021 so since March of 2021, we have been actively producing and supplying the surfboard industry with these materials. Um, when it comes to other industries, uh, um, well, you have to go lower, of course. Um, the development of uh, of new products, uh, we are not there yet. Um, so we're working around, well, if you say nine is the maximum and one is the least, then we're probably at half. So four. Well, I have to say, you know, I'll turn this back over to Matt here in a second. I've really been, I've always been interested in innovation and so on. Uh, and in and, and some of my day job stuff, you know, I'm looking at an industry where you have a range of different TRLs. And and, and I see this uh, within the industry. And I, I see this as, as, as a sign of the vitality of the industry. Uh, you know, the fact that you have a pipeline of, of, of innovations that are taking place. And if they're coming from multiple you know, uh, entities uh, that that's a sign of a, of a developing, you know, uh, market and industry. So 
So, uh, so anyway, really good, really cool. Sorry. Okay, over to you, Matt. Sorry, I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> um, yeah, I like just coming back also to to the surfing uh, topic. Um, just, uh, just uh, curious about your opinion um, because you also obviously were driven by, you know, being close to nature, seeing the impact, and so on. Um, do you perceive these outdoor sports uh, enthusiasts also being particularly more interested in also innovation in the field and also like being more conscious about material choices and maybe because you're you're already commercialized the the products for the for the surf industry? Do you what what is the feedback from? your clients there or your customers are they like deliberately coming and saying you know what i i need a solution or how does that uh how how, how does that resonate with with what you're doing great question so uh, well to directly answer your last question um yes and no is the answer <laughs> Um, we have we have a lot of people who are completely convinced that um, uh, they want to change the way they surf um, and they come up to us and they will change the way of their um, manufacturing. Um, but since when you think about surfboards, you think about white surfboards. Um, due to our processes and due to the recycling content, we do not or cannot produce white polyurethane foam. Meaning that we're not only being disruptive in 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 the material itself, we're also being disruptive in the optics. Um, so there is uh, in some partners there is a little bit of resistance since uh, this white surfboard seems to be uh, the image that has to be kept up uh, by any means. Um, so we have to like push on on some people as well. Yeah, overall we're quite happy. Um, I think this is a, a very great market for um, introducing um, more sustainable products um, because in general, the the, the attention is there. Um, in general, the openness is there. Um, and also, um, and this is also one of the reasons why, why we chose this industry. Um, it gave us the power and the passion to pursue this topic. I'm, and I mean, uh, the life of a startup is by far not easy. I've had many, many days where uh, I wanted to give up. I had many, many days where I said, okay, this is this is a very rough thing to do. Um, but if you do something because you're passionate about it, um, you, you regain this power. And uh, this is why I'm still here or why we are still here. Um, and also, um, the surfboard industry gave us strategically a very, very good playing ground for what we started with. It is a um, very low market, uh, low barrier uh, uh, industry. So uh, low market entry barriers. Uh, it's late. I'm, I'm losing my friends. Um <laughs> I, I consider you uh, still superiorly articulate compared to me. So continue. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's quite easy to introduce new products, and uh, you're testing them in a very hard playground. I mean, uh, jumped up, uh, being jumped around on, uh, being in salt water, exposed to to the sun all the time. Um, this gives you proof of concept in order to to tackle um, the problems of other other industries because you have something to show for it. 
You know, hey, I got to jump in here. I'm sorry, I got to jump right in, like jumping into the water as a surfer here. I got to get to a big question. This is not the biggest one of all. We'll get to that later on. But how do you have you tested it like with sharks? I mean, does it have like like weapons or you or like it, you can like open like little blades you can put out to protect you <laughs> against sharks? Because Matt is a surfer. I'm scared of sharks. You know, I love the water, but I'm terrified. So. <laughs> So is is it shark resistant? I mean, have you thought about that? You know, is is a polyurethane that you're using, you know, benign to the environment with the exception of sharks? You know, this is important. That is a very good question because I'm myself a lot scared of sharks as well. Um, the thing is, since uh, our testing ground is the Atlantic Ocean, uh, here are no sharks. So you can say it's the color. It's the color. It's the perfect shark-proof color. That's why it's not white. This is the the, the whole thing. Or maybe it doesn't taste as well, and they just yeah. stop fighting. Someday, Matt's going to take me out on, on a surfboard. We've already talked about this about a year ago, uh, and it's going to be like a gradual exposure therapy for me because. You know, like a week before, I'm I'll take start taking baths with like floating sharks or something, and, and then getting into a look closer and closer. So, uh, you know, but I just have this. I have this. You know, I don't know what it is, but I, I for some reason I think I look like a good baby seal. You know, so we do it in the name of plastic climate future. <laughs> You have a very, very good uh, uh, place to start surfing uh, here in the southwest of France, or actually generally in Europe, uh, since nothing <laughs> is going to bite you. I'm, I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, All but right. coming back to what you okay, just said, like uh, I'm curious now if you wouldn't be a surfer and you would, if you wouldn't have the had the passion, would you still consider the surfing industry a good a good starting point for for your technology? Well, I think the combination is is uh, the magic formula. If you have the passion mm -hmm. for the industry and you have the industry that is fitting for such a thing, mm -hmm. then I would say yes. If you have nothing to do with the surfing and you're not interested in it, mm -hmm. maybe not. But I'm I'm just trying to think about any other industry that would come to mind. Well, I think mostly it's the passion that is going to drive kiteboard or ski industry or something like this i mean you're from austria so let's say you would you could use the same the same materials for skiing in theory this would have been possible yeah so i think to yeah you're right um your question is probably answered by all your passion <laughs> that's it yeah so this was actually the last question that i also had was uh, what would you give to as an advice because now um i think you just made this yeah textbook journey on like you know i have an idea i have a passion and i want to innovate something and then you end up with a company and you end up you know disrupting the industry so there's i can imagine there's a lot of young folks now um because they are much more conscious about what they're doing than we used to be uh in our age and uh we're even older than you are uh <laughs> But all these folks, they 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 want to maybe, or they have their own ideas, right? So, what would you give them as an advice um, uh, from that you you would take from your learnings on the journey? Well, the only reason why I'm talking to you guys today is because I I fell many times and I got up again. So 
in order to pursue something, you need to be you need to be motivated. And I think the motivation um, doesn't come from monetary values. It doesn't come from um, being successful in itself. It comes from from like a passion. Um, so if you want to change something, um, no hurdle is going to be big for you because uh, you're going to just crawl as, as long as you can and one day you're going to jump it. Um, so my advice would probably be if you're passionate about something, don't worry about uh, falling because um, you're going to succeed anyways because your passion is going to drive you. Your passion is going to help you uh, learn something new like I did in my case. Uh, your passion is going to um, help you overcome any kind of obstacle. And um, if you combine this passion with um, an open ear and, uh, uh, and a nice attitude towards other people, other people are going to be at your side when you need them. So cooperation and passion, I think, are the two main factors that are going to help us to um, well succeed with uh, anything we want to do. Well, Matt, Matt, before I turn it over to you for the big questions, I got to comment on this. This is just so inspiring, Daniel. It's so inspiring. I mean that <laughs> genuinely and sincerely. Uh, and, and, and a word that kept bubbling in my head when you were talking, everything you said there, I, I, I just say, I think is this, I, I, you know, I'm with you 100%. Tenacity as well, you know, tenacity. Uh, I, I sense this uh, in what it, the words that you've said and, and the journey that you've been on to date, and maybe it's a surfer thing. I mean, it, 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 you have to really just not give up. You fall down, get up, fall down. That takes a certain toughness, a certain um, maybe you can cultivate that character, uh, but it takes something. Uh, and uh, so respect. <laughs> respect. Thank you. Um I think I think well cultivating this character when I just uh, think about myself now I tried many sports for example and I gave up in all of them uh, I I did that in many many times in my life I gave up on 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 many things I tried many things and I didn't like them so I I stopped um, so for me I don't know if I can like get to this point of of like conditioning myself to to just getting up again and still doing it because um there will be something missing so i think the passion for me is the only the only reason why i'm still here and and we like you you're the proof of how strong this driver can be when it's passion because i don't think there are so many people in the world who grab a chemistry book when they have free time to learn <laughs> chemistry <laughs> um <clears throat> And I, I think what I also wanted to say, this is like, you know, getting up and then still fighting. is It's it's definitely something that, John, you will experience when you get like the first waves on your head and then you still have to go on and go on and go on. So <laughs> this is... Gradual exposure. <laughs> yeah, but coming, coming finally to uh, our, or coming to one of our passion-driven questions, um, we have a classic climate future playlist because we both love music we do music ourselves um and we always ask our guests to name one or two songs for the playlist that connects either to their activities or to the podcast or maybe some simply just uh our songs that yeah that are cool 
that will remind the, uh, us also of having you, of having had you here at the at the podcast. Yes, I I actually did a little bit of research what I'm gonna what I'm gonna recommend because in the beginning I wasn't sure uh, because my my taste in music is so diverse and uh, well not defined. Um, I'm I'm a very moody person when it comes to music, so. Uh, I thought, okay, I'm going to give you guys something that connects you to surf, but also is kind of fitting from the title. So we're still in this uh, uh, development of, of new things and, um, and the development of plastics, for example. Um, so the song I'm going to recommend to you guys is uh, Long Journey, fitting title, uh, from The Alalas, which is a, a band that is very closely connected to, uh, to the surf. Um, for example, last weekend here, uh, there was the Wheels and Waves Festival. Um, it's more wheels and less waves now since um, the last couple of weeks were flat uh, from, from, from the wave side. Um, but the Alalas played there. So um, there's like a strong connection of surfing and this, and this band for me. I've not what? heard of them, but I'm going to listen to them. Oh, you're going to have, have you heard? <laughs> I'm going to love yeah, this. Yeah, I've heard of them, but I, I cannot uh, now re, uh, re... I don't have a song in my hand. See, so. this is so rich. This is how. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> 